and welcome to Tetsuda Illusions. We are back from our uh, typically pretty annual winter hiatus. Did all of those uh, stop motion uh, Rankin Bass animated specials. Boy, wasn't that. Uh, that was a very. I have a master's degree in English literature, and I was constantly like baffled. Like, I was having to pause a lot of those and trying to figure out the plot and write it down and try to make sense of that stuff. So, uh. Yeah, some of those were really... It was a lot of fun, though. And uh, I had uh, some... If you follow my Facebook or my Instagram, uh, this will kind of explain why the podcast took a more of an extended hiatus. I've been very busy with other stuff. But I also had a bit of a change in life circumstances. We finished uh, recording episodes on December 15th. I said to myself, you know, take some time off and... Uh, relax and enjoy the Christmas holidays, and uh, on on December 21st at 10 p.m. after watching Charlie Brown Christmas, probably about eight hours before a flight, had some, uh, had some, had some pretty life-changing news, and, uh, I mean, this shouldn't be news to, uh, a lot of followers, but, uh, Tara, Tara broke up with me. And uh yeah, that sucked. And uh I guess probably for listeners of us it really it really did suck for me. <laughs> like I mean trying to sh- <laughs> say, yeah, I know it sucked for me, but I mean she was probably on between fifteen and twenty percent of our total episodes. She did all of our Thomas Tank Engine and Chill. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh which Thomas Tank Engine well, we could talk about it now. Thomas Tank Engine and Chill is not going anywhere. But uh, we will. Uh, we are on the hunt to kind of figure out what uh, what will happen to the number one Thomas the Tank Engine podcast recap show feature in uh, in the world. So we'll see all of that. But I want to laugh throughout this episode. This episode is is bearing uh, one of our old monikers, the uh, transgender story time label, and and partially uh, part of that reason is because I have a, a episode that will be coming in the not too distant future uh, about other other transgender related things that I've learned uh, post breakup. So it did make some sense to attach it to this one, and. This episode, I'm not really... I don't want to spend a ton of time going over the, the mechanics of Tara and my relationship. Uh, I'll say this about Tara. The way I kind of set up the breakup. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to break up with your partner of four years, uh, four days before Christmas at 10 p.m. right before a flight, and not kind of come across as as the villain. Uh, and I've, I've been conscious of that as people have... Cause I, I've had to tell this story at, oh, at least a hundred times over the past uh, six, seven weeks, and uh, that's not fun. But uh, I've quickly found that y- you know you you could say, oh yeah, you know there were <sighs> relationships are kind of those. It's one of those things that was like a huge shock, huge sort of bombshell surprise that you know completely, completely takes you by surprise. And then, while also kind of simultaneously, also one of those things that, I mean, in hindsight, if you go back through the weeks, yeah, maybe not the biggest surprise in the world. Maybe we were uh, not. The world was changing with COVID, people going back to work, all of that. Uh, you know, you go from. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm hesitating to see how much I should go into. Let me let me just say this about Tara. Tara appeared on a lot of these episodes. Tara appeared on at least, I want to say probably about 20, I think she probably made about 20 appearances on the show. 
uh, podcasting was not ever this thing that Tara was like totally ever. She did it for me. And it's not like I had to like, you know, twist her arm or like drag her kicking and screaming into the studio. But uh, she's a she she often describes herself as, as a, you know, as a avowed private figure. Uh, this wasn't I mean, and she knew that she was, you know, building a life with somebody who was lived their life more in the public sphere. So I mean, she appeared in a lot of my uh, photos and on the podcast and all of that. But I mean, she did that. She did that for me. Because I, it made me happy, and I, you 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 can go back and listen to, especially the the Christmas. She was on two of the Muppet Christmas episodes that we just did. Uh, I mean, we had fun. She was looking, especially the second one, a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Which honestly, I mean, we would have recorded that like a fucking ten days before our relationship ended. And you can go back. I mean, there's not really. I I did a couple episodes with like joking like you know what'll happen if we ever like split up especially I think the last Thomas Engine and Chill episode kind of ended like that because uh, it would be awkward I mean the the truth of the matter is you know stay together for a podcast it was just I mean it was jokes I didn't actually think that like in a month <laughs> it would actually it would actually happen <laughs> there are a lot of those kinds of I, I I'm a gallows humor kind of person so I mean that that wasn't that wasn't the there were there were a lot bigger issues than uh podcast I mean we didn't podcast all that often uh, but you all I mean if you're if you're if you're the kind of listener who's inclined to listen to this kind of episode that isn't about film that isn't about Game of Thrones that isn't about video games that isn't about you know, all the other sorts of things that we talk about. This is really one of the few that, that is really uh, sort of ITM-centric. And uh, I, I will, I mean, there's a lot of things that trans people can uh, glisten from this kind of uh, testimony. Because let's face it, trans people, and if you're a cisgender listener, I mean, this this probably honestly also applies to you too. Uh, you know, this is, this is not an experience that is typically just... You know that is totally trans, and yet I think a lot of our our trans listeners can can intimately relate to the idea that we can go through life. It's very easy to go through life as a trans person thinking that you're unlovable, that no one will love you, that transition is the end of life as you know it, which is true. But sometimes that's often it can be very easy to 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 transition to kind of want to deal with your gender dysphoria and with that kind of have an acceptance that shit my life could I mean I could never get a job again I could be discriminated against I you know no one will love me I'll totally everyone will swipe left on tinder or if they did swipe right then they'll just unmatch later or they'll just want to you know ask you about your genitals that kind of stuff it's it's intimacy and transgender issues I mean it's it's a very it can be a very touchy subject for a lot of us because well, I mean all humans we all have our like baggage from various points of our lives you know unhappy childhoods you know tragedy all sorts of stuff you know we all uh, being being alive is is frankly is difficult it's hard sometimes <laughs> I mean it's not easy and when you're trans it's like okay you've got all the you know, you can have a lot of tragedy in your life. You can have a difficult childhood. And then on top of that, you're also carrying around with you the gender dysphoria. So, I mean, we have all these piles and piles and piles of shit that we carry with us. And I guess I guess the thing about being trans is you carry that kind of baggage in, in a very, like, sort of hyper-visible sense because people 
can see that you're trans. And I mean, I joke about this a lot and I write about it and I talk about it all the time. People will come up to me and really assume that I have a shitty life because I'm trans. You know, that I can't, I can barely walk down the street without like dodging, like that I need like a shield to protect from the tomatoes or the rocks that people are throwing at me. And, uh, you know, that, that, that I can never wear white because, you know, there's, there's dog poo flinging from every corners of the skies at me. And there's also, I mean, it's, it's funny that I could even record. I had to get, I had to get my studio soundproof because actually right outside my apartment is the Westboro Baptist Church. And they've got picket signs saying, die, die, you evil trans. Yeah. I mean, there are people, let's face it, everyone. There are people who think that that is the transgender life. And people say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. You're so brave. And it's, it's, you kind of look at them and it's like, it's okay. Like, you know, this is transition for me. I, I take these little, I take these little blue pills and, you know, after a while I started to grow titties. And I, okay. Obviously, if you follow me long, I'm, I I face a ton of discrimination. In my life. I'm not I'm not I'm not sugarcoating. Being trans fucking sucks in a lot of ways, but it also it also really doesn't fucking suck in a lot of ways. And I I always want to be, especially now. I always, but also recently and new. No, not how it always works. I like 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 fuck it. I, I want to be positive. And and actually, that's something that as I got out of uh, the uh, as I got out of my I spent I spent January doing that, really really determined to be positive. I watched actually. I mean, I watched Ted Lasso with my mom. Uh, I went home uh, alone. I was supposed to go home with Tara, but I had to go home alone because Tara broke up with me. Um, and we watched Ted Lasso, and I'd been meaning to. I mean, uh, I, I talk with uh, Jeremy Swift sometimes on DM uh, on on Twitter. He played uh, uh, he played Septimus Spratt in Downton Abbey, and he plays Higgins on Ted Lasso. And I knew it was great. I mean, I've talked to him about. He did a back blurb for a poetry book I did uh, a while ago, Gluten Free Bong Water. Um, he's a really he's just a wonderful man, and uh, it was hard for it's it's sometimes hard if you talk with an actor a lot and you know them from one role and then you see them in a new role like you're just you're just getting you're getting like a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of things uh, thrown at you and sometimes it's hard to it's hard it's hard to see them in like a different especially when you've you've talked to them in real life uh but uh he's just he's he's phenomenal the whole uh, Ted Lasso is a phenomenal show and and it really it's it's contagious in its relentless uh positivity which is I don't want to say solely through Jason Sudeikis's uh, uh, it, it character, the title role, Ted Lasso. But, I mean, it, he does, he, he fosters it. And actually, I mean, positivity is something you can foster. And I, I always, I'm, I'm always against, like, the sort of the self-help people who are like, you know, happiness is a state of mind, all of that. Because, I don't know, it works. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry, and it works for a lot of people. But it's never been that kind of thing that I personally needed to uh, fuel my life. I, I just, I never really... I don't know. I almost treat it more like a, a switch that I actively like turned on and then decided, hey, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be a really positive I'm gonna be a positive person. And I did that. And I, I just I felt a lot better because 
when you're trans, you have to you have to carry through with life that that people will hear the word transgender and they will assign all of the things that they think that being trans is. They'll take all of that and they'll put it on you. And I mean, all of us, all of us, especially if you're a trans person out there who knows another trans person or if you are a cisgender person who knows multiple trans people, you probably, you probably have the idea. You're probably aware that trans people are not all the same. We're not. Very diverse community. There are trans people in every country on the planet. There's probably, I don't know, there's probably trans... The nearest close, the uh, the nearest habitable planet out there, uh, Cobol from Battlestar Galactica. I, I don't know, uh, all sorts of places. Uh, uh, Cardassia. Uh, do they have trans people? Trust me, everyone has trans people. And with that, with the acknowledgement that it's a universal thing, guess what? We can't all be the same. But people, people will bring their baggage and they'll say, "Oh, what a shitty life you have." And dating. Dating, that, that makes dating so hard. Because, like, basically, like, like a first date, you want to, like, spark chemistry, and you also, like, don't want anything catastrophic. Like, I've always thought about with dating how unfortunate we, Like, let's say you have a, a, you're out at a fancy restaurant, and you're just having a wonderful time. You have a lot of chemistry. And let's just say there's a guy at the table next to you who is just farting up a storm, and you've also got a waiter who's really just rude and is taking forever and doesn't want to refill your iced tea. I mean, you're at a fancy restaurant. Iced tea is great. I mean, iced tea should be a free refill. If, if, if the restaurant is charging you for an additional iced tea, uh, I, I wouldn't go there again. This is important dating advice. Only go to places that serve free iced tea refills. In fact, call ahead of time and make sure that they uh, offer free refills on the iced tea. Or else, I mean, honestly, you know, you could have love at first sight and it's ruined because of that. And yeah, that 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 single example sounds pretty ridiculous, but the broader theory is true, that a lot can go wrong on a first date that is completely out of your control, and at the end of the day, I mean, you, you, just, you just can't, I mean... And that can also be kind of a dangerous trap because it can it can alleviate. Maybe people can say, "Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. It just wasn't meant to be. It was because of the farting and the farting guy next door. I didn't do anything wrong. Couldn't be because I chewed with my mouth open, or you know, I was looking at my phone the whole time, or I interrupted, or um, you know, I I ordered ten glasses of wine and then I wanted to split the split the bill because they had a seltzer water. But you also had iced tea too, and I mean, if you had a lot of those refills, yeah, it's tough. A lot of things could go wrong, but I I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of, like, people, you have a lot of chemistry with them online, and, and you think, like, there's really something good there, and then, like, they hit you up, and it's, like, 10 o'clock at night, and they want to come over and, like, smoke some pot with you, and you do that, and then they go home at, like, 11.30, and then they don't want to see you again, and you're kind of like, well, if, if you're only gonna, if, like, if you're gonna base our whole compatibility off of, like, like, at least, at least something where I wasn't already wearing PJs, yeah, I, yeah. Guess what? I mean, if if I knew the answers to all of this stuff, I would I would really I would be making a ton of money writing books on how to solve uh, modern dating. But I mean, a lot of this is true. And basically, I mean, if you're somebody like me, you're trying to kind of uh, 
mitigate a lot of the external things that could go wrong and you want to get them off the board so that you can just kind of focus on the things that you can change like you know be very charming be very engaging ask people questions make it feel like you're invest you know not just make it feel like you're investing in someone's life but if you're having a, a if you're there to have a date and you're there to to meet a potential romantic suitor guess what it, it, it's kind of nice if you don't fake something. It's actually nice if you actually are interested. And if you're not interested, I, I don't know. I, I'm a bit, I'm big into authenticity. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it's really it's it's tough. It's tough to it's tough to actually give it. <laughs> we are not in a world that makes it easy to give a shit about another person. You do that, and people think there's all sorts of ulterior motives. And it's just like, hey, far be it from me to want to actually give a shit about the people that I surround my orbit with. Like, I'm out of seventh grade, although with the masks. Ah, oh God. Pimples all over the place because of those fucking mask breakouts. God. Masks are important, but, you know, so is skincare, And you gotta, you gotta adjust when you spend all day breathing in your own carbon monoxide. Carbon dioxide. Yes, I'm not Joe Rogan. And wear a mask and get vaccinated. Uh, and don't take ivermectin. Sorry, we're bouncing all over the place, but I mean, I mean, it, you know, in in January, I, so Tara moved out on like this uh, January seventh or eighth, very quick actually. I'll give her, I'll give her some credit. Too. I don't know. I, I lived with Tara for exactly three years, basically almost to the day, and was with her for almost another year on top of that. So, and I and I'd known her for a year on top of that basically so i basically have known tara for uh, really the back half of my 20s i met her when i was about maybe i guess 26 i would have been 26 probably uh and you know i knew her through i guess the first half of my 30th year so i mean it was it was a very very long time and uh, if you know us, I mean, we did our Disneyland episodes together. Uh, we did Thomas Tank Engine and Chill together. We we had a very nice quarantine for a very long time. Just kind of that we were very good just being the two of us. And, uh, you know, I'm never going to be somebody. Some of my friends, I guess, have wanted to, you know, you know, the circumstance. Hey, the circumstances are hard because you say that to people like, how could somebody do that? And you're like, yeah. But I also share a bed with that person for three years. And, I mean, I'll, I'll, I wanted to be in a spot where I could smile when I could think about her. And also, I mean, I we're never getting back together. So that's not a, not a, uh, oh my god, I missed her. I, she's definitely not listening this far into a podcast. Maybe she listened uh, a little while till we got to some of the ramble rambles. And then she probably turned it off. If I know Tara, that's the likeliest outcome if she ever turned it on at all. I, I I I met Tara very very early into my transition, uh, maybe too early for dating. Frankly, it had only been I had been on hormones probably for about uh, about nine months before we started dating, and I, I met because I I met her the very first week that I started hormones, and it was important to me. I know, especially we have older. I, there are plenty of trans people who are listening who are in relationships that are older than their transition. You know, maybe they uh, got married and they told their uh, spouse and they stayed together or, you know, uh, I mean, you do hear cases where uh, two people who didn't, uh, didn't maybe didn't even realize they were trans growing up. I mean, we had uh, Jack and Yaya on uh, 
two best friends, next door neighbors, they're actually not in love, so that's not the a direct example I'm going for. But I have heard of trans people who were friends. They uh, they transitioned and then they fell in love later on. I mean, that's really beautiful. Um, so not 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 to say that your transition needs to have like a mark of the before and after, but um, it was it was important to me. I wanted a kind of a fresh slate in that. I didn't want people who knew. I also hate using the term oldian because a lot of people who know me will tell you I'm frankly pretty pretty similar to what I used to be, uh, personality wise. But I don't know. I, it was nice. It was it was nice to know somebody who had only known the 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 post the oh, I was supposed to say post transitionian, but really it was kind of more of the you, you all get what I'm trying to say. And with that, I mean, she's now inseparable. Like I I, I talk a lot about how uh, you know my transition's over. I, I transitioned a long time ago. I've had, I had bottom surgery at this point uh, more than two years ago. I, I'm, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of my labiaplasty. I've had this equipment for a long time now. Transition for me is over, and yet, yeah. And, and so, without that in mind, it was over before I broke up. So, I mean, she she really she really was she was around for the basically the entirety of my medical transition, which is you know something I talk about a lot. So, I mean, Tara's never going to be really out of my life in that sense because she's just too entwined and too entangled too many memories won't won't be able to go to disneyland and not think about her i mean we went 26 times in one year but and this is something for trans people you know you can feel kind of like with when you're trans that and and it's not even just a trans thing yeah if you're a person who is in a relationship that isn't perfect, that isn't going maybe precisely the way you wanted, or, you know, you're, you have doubts whether uh, this person is the one, maybe you're dragging your feet to tie the knot, and, and feelings that maybe should be, should feel super duper 100% natural, uh, maybe they don't feel that way. People can say, oh, you know, they say relationships are a lot of work. That I mean, that can be true, but I mean... <sighs> Selling into a routine and being in a long-term relationship. I don't know. I mean, I don't frankly think it's that hard, uh, as hard as it's cracked up to be. That's not to say everything's, like, fine and peace. I mean, you, you, you learn to build a life with somebody. Which, I mean, I mean it's not really a, a, a great position for me to, like, stake out and defend. Because people say, well, you know, your relationship ended. But I guess all I'm saying is, you, you know, it is it is pretty doable to build a life with somebody and, and, and build a... Even if you're not 100% sure that this... I mean, there's just so much doubt that people could carry with them anyway. I, I don't really believe in the concept of the one. I think human compatibility and adaptability and, and just the ways that you fall... Like, it wasn't love at first sight with me and Tara. Uh, it, it happened... Uh, it, and my brain chemistry was, like, rewriting itself. Uh, and I did love her, though. And uh, we would probably still be together if if... Uh, she hadn't broken up with me, and I guess, like, with that in mind, and kind of the way to pivot, because I didn't really, kind of talked about, uh, haven't talked about a lot of stuff that I haven't, uh, that I've wanted to get to, um, you know, January, part of why I didn't want to record maybe the first week after Tara moved out, I mean, okay, let's rewind a bit, December 21st, 10pm, tried around Christmas, broken up. The next day. Absolute wreck. I was a total mess. I could barely walk. I mean, I had been shell-shocked, and I hadn't slept, and my I, my whole life, it felt over. It felt like 
I didn't have anything. Like I just, I you know, you're 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 looking. You're like this person I've lived with. This person I've I've, you know, was probably gonna get married soon too. I, I person I I wanted to have kids with. Like all of that is just like gone. Like, yeah, that one day I was a fucking train wreck, and it was awful. It was very very terrible. But then. So that was December 22nd. December 23rd, and I wasn't going to fly either. I was I was basically going to spend Christmas by myself because I was uh, really, I was too depressed to fly. I didn't think I could make it. I mean, I I am prone, I have fainted in public before a few times. I've fainted at Disneyland. I've fainted at the, in the Pirates of the Caribbean line. I've uh, fainted on Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach, a very busy road. I've uh, I fainted in parking lots. Uh, I was worried. I was I was worried with the shape that I was in, carrying heavy bags and like walking around with a mask in LAX that I was just gonna fucking pass the fuck out. So I they, there were legitimate health concerns, but I mean, I started to feel better and uh, I got to the airport, went to the Delta Sky Club, and I was you know I started to say I wanted starting to feel better. I wasn't really starting to feel better. I was starting to feel. Not like I, I mean, the day before I, I was having trouble like walking from my bedroom to the living room because I was just, it, it felt like all the life had been taken out of me. So get to the, I'm in the Delta Sky Club and I pull out my switch. I'm having a scotch and soda. It's probably about 9.30, 10 in the morning. And there's a heterosexual couple with, I mean, I assume they're heterosexual. They... Yeah, they describe themselves as straight multiple, at least once. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, they were uh, cisgender. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, well, they work for one of them. Work for a pot company, so they would that. That's kind of how the heterosexuality came up. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like you may be trans, but uh, I work for a weed company, so we're on the same level of social acceptance. It was funny. <laughs> anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm drinking uh, scotch and soda, and I was playing my Switch. And uh, there's a couple with a dog, a very well-behaved dog, by the way. And uh, the the boyfriend looks over at me and says, "Like I should have brought mine." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's really handy." And I was talking about uh, WarioWare, which I was playing. And we start talking, and uh, I'm a chronic overshare. I mean, my my comedy album is called "Confessions from My New Vagina." My, uh, you know, you you get the you everybody you you know overshare. It's 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 a trans sensation. We get asked about all sorts of stuff. So guess what? We just say, hey, you know, you could say, oh, don't ask me about that, or you could just say, oh yeah yeah yeah. By the way, like if you you know like I. I don't know. I like bragging that I can have multiple uh, multiple orgasms. It's kind of nice. I mean, frankly, uh, there are people who can't have it, so they find out the trans person can, and they're like, "Wait a second! I thought your genitals couldn't even work." Surprise, surprise! Well, those are never mind. Uh, so we're talking, and uh, I mean, we were there for like an hour and a half. They're on my flight and everything. They made me feel so much better about my life. I felt great. I felt great. For the first time in, in really since the breakup, because I, 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 it was the thing I was afraid of. Terra leaves. Where you know we've had a pandemic. Uh, you don't get a lot of. So, like, you just think like fuck. Like what am I gonna do? How am I gonna pick up the pieces? And then after that, you kind of like take a step back and you're kind of thinking to yourself, hey, I have started to pick up the pieces, and you start to realize that hey, 
this isn't necessarily the be- you know the ending that it was sort of it felt like, but this is actually a beginning of stuff, and you can kind of rediscover yourself because you're you're if, when you're in a relationship for those like so many years, it, it starts you start to kind of define yourself as an us and not a me, and. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the semantics of not. Some, I don't want to get into the specifics or the semantics, for that matter, of uh, uh you know, terranized individual compatibility. But um, well, whenever you settle down with somebody, there's there's things that you take on that there's baggage or or aspects of somebody else's life that are are, are frankly like not that fun. And for trans people, I mean, like, for, like, we're always kind of worried that being trans is kind of the thing that other people would be like, hey, I don't want any, any part of that. So, I mean, there were <sighs> there were things I was willing to settle on that, frankly, I probably shouldn't have settled on. Uh, that shouldn't have, you know, it, it, with a clear, with a, <sighs> to a conscious mind that wasn't fucking terrified of being unlovable for the rest of time, there were flags that really... I should have uh, adhered to. I should have given more warning. And frankly, I did give warning over time. But I just, you know, when something works enough, you try to, like, I, I'm a problem solver. I, when You know, when things are going wrong, I try to fix them. And maybe I, I, this is all just to say that, you know, you could say, there's all this. I mean, there's a reason Monday morning quarterbacking is, is a term. It's not that it's bad to look at what you did and say, hey, you know, I could have done this differently. But, I mean, the reality of the situation is uh, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And maybe, I, I, I guess the more I think about it, the more I accept that the pandemic probably artificially extended my relationship well past its expiration date. And that we, in a world where COVID hadn't happened days after I had a labiaplasty, uh, you know, maybe I would have been single a lot earlier. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, frankly, I don't have any answers for whether that's true or not. And I, you, you know, you don't need to. But that's all to say that something that seemed like it was the forever fit, that it was meant to be, guess what? 48 hours later, I was starting to look to a future without this person. And that's, I mean, that's a hell of a comeback. You know, not not to toot my own horn. But, I mean, you also hear the therapist will say, oh, it takes you half the amount of time for the relationship to recover. Well, I was together with Tara for four years. That's two years. You telling me I'm not supposed to date for two years? Uh, in reality, I started dating like a month later. Well, guess what? If that had been a disaster, then I probably would have taken longer. But uh, I'm actually still seeing the person... I mean, we're talking like seven weeks. Uh, but I mean, if you follow me on social media, you've seen uh, you've seen pictures of uh, Morgan, my lovely new non-binary partner. Uh, they, I mean, this is also kind of a you know not not to compare uh, romantic situations, but I mean honestly, and this is something that trans people need to, especially if you're in the middle of transition. I know so many people who listen to this show who are. So maybe this is for you. Maybe this is for cis people too who are going through big life-changing situations. Guess what? I, as a bisexual person, probably am not destined to be uh, in a long-term relationship with cis women. I need that kind of more masculine energy. And Morgan definitely has a unique spin on that whole dynamic as a non-binary person who's on testosterone. And uh, we'll save the T for T stuff for uh, another episode because that's, I think, going to be the next transgender story time because uh, the very first week Morgan came into my life, boy, that was a fucking... uh... 
happy to have survived it, frankly. God, the uh, hormonal, it was, yeah, another episode, but, um, I guess, I guess the broader point being, I mean, January 2022, by all accounts from December 2021, should have been, probably, I don't think anybody would have faulted me if January 2022 had been basically my worst month in, in a couple years. Probably since October 2019, which I spent basically the whole time recovering from bottom surgery. Uh, which ended up being worth it, but, uh, guess what? That's, uh, that's, a not, I mean, we, we've done episodes on that. That's, uh, not, not fun to recover from. But, I mean, by all accounts, it should have been absolutely terrible, and it wasn't. It was not terrible. I dare say, actually, it was pretty fucking great. And, I guess that's kind of also why I wanted to hold off on doing this episode until I had something positive to say about this breakup or something really positive i'm not i'm not ever gonna be someone who's like oh woe is me what my horrible lot in life because guess what if transition taught me anything it's that you know when life when life you know packs a wall up when it knocks you down when you're feeling all horrible and all of that and sad and everything all those kind of normal normal feelings uh guess what you yes you you the individual you can choose to stand up not even like i was about to say you know stand up and fix it and all of that but i mean i maybe that's an oversimplification what you can choose to do is to is to uh keep on fighting and and keep on throwing yourself out there that's what i did and this was even before i I met morgan uh before i went out to dating i was just throwing myself out there meeting new people Going out and facing the music. I was not curling up in a ball, licking my wounds, feeling sorry for myself. I went there. I knew I knew there were things about my life that I needed to change. And I went out and I started putting in the work. And I'm still putting in the work. I'm not trying to tell you that, uh, you know, seven months later I fought, found the meaning of life. But I, I'm. it's good to just be excited about the future and to think that you can grab life from your, you know, you can grab life by the horns. And I mean... Look, I turned 30. I thought I was kind of settled down. I thought I was going to get married. I thought I was going to have a kid soon. I was going to get be a mom and all of that. And guess what? Life changed. And I could be really sad about that. Or I could, you know, bend over backwards to try and make some other similar situation work. But you know what? We can only be kind of present in, in, in our own lives and uh, work with what we've got. Try to fix what we can. Uh, like hovering around the serenity prayer, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's true. You know, if you put in the work and if you if you want something, like I'm not a terribly big believer in manifesting and all of that kind of stuff. It works great for a lot of people. My sister loves manifesting and it, it, it brings her uh it brings her comfort in her life. So I, I would never knock any of that kind of stuff. There there's a lot of power to that kind of stuff, but all of that also relies on you to kind of buy into it. And I was buying into the idea that I could be really happy, that I could rebuild and that I could you know, once it's just to see kind of things slowly, slowly getting to normal in this pandemic fueled hellhole. With all of that in mind, God, I mean, it just it feels good to be in this position. I never thought, like, on December twenty second, that I would be like laughing and smiling about it, and uh, here I am, and that's a really beautiful, uh, beautiful feeling. And I guess maybe, uh, maybe that might be the the good note to end on because. I don't know. I mean, trans people, we're so used to getting the short end of the stick. We're so used to getting screwed and being like, okay. I mean, oh, 
a lot of it, these people will say like, you know, you'll never be a real woman. I mean, you know what? If if my life right now, if that's the consolation prize, I'll take it. Because that's not a consolation prize. I have a great life and I'm committed to, to living it. You know, you can't just be someone who is defined by the things that you didn't get or the ways in which you were wronged. It's so easy to, to, to do that. When in fact, you can just kind of stand there and say, hey, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with different route with my life you can do that i got wronged it sucked and I, I i could have sat here and spent you know 40 minutes just railing on how much that sucked how wrong i was and i could go on and on and on i could go i could go into the details that i've kind of wanted to uh shy away from but i'm not gonna do that i don't want to i i, I I don't, I don't want to. It's not even like I'm, I'm, it's not even like I'm trying, needing to hold myself back. I don't want to do it. I don't because, uh, and I'm also, like, frankly, like, I'm not a person who believes everything happens for a reason, but you gotta, you gotta deal with life as, as it, as it deals its cards, and that's, that's where I'm at, and that's the encouraging thing. I mean, look, trans people, and, and cis people, frankly, too, you will go into dating circumstances or life circumstances and feel like you didn't get a fair shake, like the world didn't uh, hear you out or, or give you a chance to show what you have to offer. And that can be so demoralizing and horrible. And that's also just kind of a dynamic that, frankly, you can't do anything about. And that, that sucks, but there is so much out there you can do, you can fix about yourself, you can change. And when you go into life with that kind of openness and with a happy heart, uh, it's kind of contagious. I've made a lot of new friends easily. It's, 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 it's been kind of easy because people have seen, you know, they've, they've, I've told them my story and they've responded well to it. And uh, God, I mean, it feels good. And I guess kind of why I wanted to do this, in a lot of ways, this will be kind of just, I hope, it probably won't be for real, but I hope, it is a great hope of mine that this will essentially be kind of the last time that I have to talk about my breakup because people just keep asking, and they'll say, they'll be really nice. They'll say, I'm here if you need to talk. And frankly, I haven't needed to talk in a long time, and uh, as good as that is, I don't know. I just didn't. I I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep being seen as a victim, as somebody who, whose partner left them after Charlie Brown Christmas on December twenty first, like 10, 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't want to be the person they look and they're like, oh, I'm so sad. Uh, looking at look at oh poor Ian. No, not poor Ian. Ian has a great life. I'm happy. I didn't think I'd be happy. I really didn't want to live alone again. I feared loneliness like the plague. But you know what? I threw myself out there. I, 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 I've, I've said this before in, in a lot of ways. I chased depression with a sledgehammer. And I'm not trying to tell you that that works. I'm not trying to say, oh, the cure for depression is to not feel sad. I mean, we all know that doesn't really inherently work. But it can kind of work. It can, it can, it can grease the wheels so that they start turning, so that you get to the point where you look back and you say, "Hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of." No, I wasn't gonna do that. Um, the Arthur theme song. But hey, I'm doing fine. I'm doing better. I'm on the road. Maybe I'm not there today, but I could be there. You know, maybe not tomorrow, but the next day after that, I can be happy. I don't know. That's kind of. 
it feels almost kind of nice that I had a breakup that had absolutely nothing to do with being. Ah, so I say had nothing to do with being trans. Of course, it had something to do with being trans. Uh, being trans is a part of me, and if I wasn't trans, actually, the things that kind of things that kind of dinged our relationship over time. Yeah, I mean, actually, if there was no trans in that equation, uh, yeah, uh, probably would have been better. So being trans actually did kind of play a role in that, but it wasn't the predominant role. Guess what? Trans people can be loved. You'll see it. Uh, and it feels good to be loved. It feels good to be accepted. And it feels good to like not have to feel like you're living like a second-class life or that you're viewed as a second-class citizen by people that you otherwise probably wouldn't have given the time of day to. So, I mean, with all of that in mind, yeah. Everything, you know, this, this, this was for the best. And uh, Thomas Tuesday will return. Um, you know, uh, it will, we will, we will come back. Uh, I'm still trying to, f I mean, frankly, there's no shortage of people that could come on and do this. Uh, we've always done Thomas Tank Engine and chill in studio. I love the studio chemistry. I love hanging out, uh, watching the episode, plotting it beforehand. It's just, you know, I've, I plot a lot of episodes online. They're fun. They're fun to do. It's fun to get buds from all over the place. You wouldn't necessarily spend an hour talking to straight to come on and do episodes. Uh, that one, that one is special to kind of keep in studio. So, um, actually, I mean, my, the new person I'm dating, Morgan, they, uh, they love Thomas. So, uh, I haven't actually asked them if they would want to come on and do Thomas Tank Engine and chill. Uh, but, uh, that's definitely in the cards. Um, yeah. And, uh, we'll come back to do, I, I don't know, it felt weird. It's not like you guys are owed an explanation for my personal life, but I, Tara was somebody I brought on the show a lot, and, uh, people have heard her, and, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm grateful to her, uh, if, if she's listening, uh, this far. You know, I'm great, I'm grateful that she, uh, came on so many times, and, you know, I think we, I, I like to think we had some fun. Uh, you know, but, uh, she, her podcasting career probably won't continue after this because uh, she didn't really want to win in the first place. So, uh, th thanks Tara for coming on all that, all that time. Uh, you know, oh, we've talked since the breakup. Uh, we have not talked in a few weeks now. Uh, but, uh, we, it was about as amicable as could be. I was, I was happy with the way, uh, things wound down and, uh, yeah, it, 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 that all worked out, I guess. So, uh, with all that in mind, uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll we'll be back soon, and we're gonna do popular culture stuff. We're not gonna just. It's, this isn't. This is not a podcast that's about me and my life. But I don't. It would be. It would be silly to not kind of check in and say, "Hey, this is what I've. This is what I got going on. This is what's happened. Uh, this is what I've taken away from it." Because you know, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta move. You got to get through your lessons in life and learn something or else, I mean, you're just, then you're just, if you don't do that, then you're kind of destined to repeat mistakes. And I don't want to do that. I want to plot a different course and you can all do that too. And thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.